Welcome to Highly Functioning, a show about exploring, understanding, and optimizing the mind from a non-neurotypical lens. On this week's episode of Highly Functioning, we talk about seeking knowledge instead of accreditation. We talk about the underlying use of accreditation, how it manifests in the culture, and how its bastardization affects our behavior. Throughout this episode, we also discussed how to gain, integrate, and apply knowledge effectively, and also shared a few personal stories along the way. As always, thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcasting app. Follow us and like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash highlyfunctioning. And if you like our content, consider supporting us at highlyfunctioning.ca. There you'll find bonus content, Q&As, and be able to provide direct input on how you can change the show. Hey, everyone. Hey, David. Hey, Winston. How are you, my man? Oh, buddy, good question. That's my answer. <laughs> Care to answer? That's my answer. That's how I'm doing. Oh, buddy. Um, okay, ask me again in two weeks and I'll answer you. Okay, sounds good. I'll wait. Um, but for today's conversation, um, one of the things that I thought we could best talk about is um, this one, I guess, pithy statement, which is seek knowledge, not accreditation. Um, and the reason that I bring this up is because I think, although at first glance, it's like, no shit. Um, the reason why I bring it up is because I feel like people, although you might understand it, you believe in it, you, people don't necessarily split apart those two different things in their daily life when they actually have to um, deal with knowledge or deal with people with accreditation. Uh, and so what I mean by that is I think the focus has generally changed towards being on what kind of certifications do you have? Did you go to X school? Did you go uh, and do X thing before even it's a conversation about, do you know what you're talking about? Um, and I personally bring this up culturally speaking, because I think even in my own culture, it's so important, not necessarily that you know something, but it's that you know something and have the credentials for it. And I can give you an example of that. Um, and I know I'm already going all around the place, but bear with me. Yeah, I have, I'm trying um, to track all of my responses. <laughs> the uh, most common example I can think of is, um, and I'm paraphrasing, but my dad told me this as a kid, which is um, I've given you a name or given you a set of letters. It's your job to go get some more, which essentially <laughs> means <laughs> go get a JD and MB, like find out how many letters you have but, uh, after your name. And like, she's like, you have my name. So it's important that you get those letters. And I was like, isn't it more important that I know the stuff? And nope, it's about, did you get those letters? And so I wanted to first talk about like, what is accreditation? Um, but before I do that, is this something that is, do you have any initial thoughts about that before we dive in? Yeah. So first of all, when you say like, seek knowledge, not accreditation, oh, it seems obvious. I think most people disagree with that, actually. Like, I agree with you, but I think many people, oh, well, no, of course, I'm going to ask my doctor or a lawyer, right? Like, I think most people, they actually think accreditation is much more important than it should be. Um, I, I think that I've never heard that, like, get more letters. That's hilarious. Um, <laughs> so let me, let me um, expand a little bit on accreditation. So simply accreditation is, or like your credentials is just... Um, it was meant to be a risk management exercise, right? So like all a company or someone is doing when they, when they look at your credentials, when they want to hire you, where that's most often the case that credentials are useful is just to know or have some sort of risk management tool to, to say, 
you know X amount of knowledge. So if you got an accounting degree, this is my, instead of just taking your word for it, because it'd be very hard to sit down and know it and ask you everything you know about accounting. Uh, it's a better way. It, it's a way for me to know like, Hey, I've at least, um, I've at least capped some of my risk when I hire this person, because at least on paper, it says that this person needs to know this knowledge and be able to apply it in the role that I, that I give them. And so that was initially why it was put into place because as companies get larger, as things get larger, it's an easier, it's, it's a, it's simply a tool to make hiring or getting to know people or work with people easy. And I feel like now that's been sort of bastardized into a way where it's only about what are their credentials. And we don't ask the question about, does this person know what they're doing? And the example is like, if you know exactly what you're talking about, but you haven't got your degree, so we can't hire you. And that is a, like, in my, in my view, bastardization of why we had put that there in the first place. Yeah. So I think the fundamental thing is it comes down to laziness, right? It, mm -hmm. On the part of a company, on the part of an individual, right? It's, oh, I don't want to do the mental effort to assess whether or not someone is rational and knows what they're talking about. I want to outsource that job, right? And sure, sometimes that's valid, sometimes that's not valid, but that's what it comes down to. And I would put forward this sort of reliance on accreditation over value, over knowledge is directly related to the expansion of statism, of like the state doing more, because it's come, it, it, it systematizes the process of just checking boxes, right? Mm -hmm. So a great example is engineering in Canada. Right. So there's an engineering accreditation that's standardized across the country. Right. And it makes it so any employer hiring any engineer from any accredited school knows they at least hit a minimum standard. One, there's no way to actually know that. Right. Mm -hmm. Two, they're so restrictive that it limits the innovation of the best schools, the better schools. Whereas in the US, you know, oh, if someone has an engineering degree from MIT, that's probably better than an engineering degree from Delaware State. I mean, no offense, Delaware, um, <laughs> right? But I mean, that's, a, that's like a simple example of the issue, right? We don't want people to have to think for themselves. So we're going to mandate groupthink, right? Mm -hmm. We're going to make it so that, oh, you don't have the right to judge someone whether or not they'd be a good lawyer. They have to pass the bar. We have to make sure that they meet a standard for you so that you don't have to worry your little head about it, right? That's really what it comes down to and at a broad level. And I remember talking to a friend of mine who actually thought this was great because he doesn't want the responsibility of making the right decisions for himself. He wants to outsource it to the government. He mm -hmm. wants them to figure out what's right. And then he'll just trust the one guy he may be voted for, right? But see, I would say that is... I guess one level above what accredit accreditation is generally, because um, the accreditation I, no, you no, sort of spoke about is like the lawyer, the doctor, where it's it's like a regulated thing where the government says, "Hey, look, like you can't um, do this unless you have that regulation." I think it goes even farther than that, where it's there's roles that require no actual like knowledge, like I mean, no actual accreditation whatsoever. Like you don't need to have this piece of paper to do this thing. But we still, as a culture, ask someone, like, why should I listen to this person? Do they have a degree? Do they have X? Do they have Y? Instead right. of, is the thing that they're talking about, or can they actually do what's been asked of them? 
Right. My point was more so that the immense laziness of our culture mm -hmm. is okay. exacerbated by the fact that it's like so broadly applied by the state. Right. So a great example now is like you can't get any job without a bachelor degree in nothing. Right. Like as long as you have a bachelor degree, you can get a bunch of jobs that do not require it. Right. It's totally meaningless. But the employer doesn't want to assess a bunch of people. They want some minimum. Oh, some school somewhere probably assess them. So I agree that the, the state thing isn't the like the, the fundamental or, or whatever. But I think in my view, it's sort of an exacerbating factor as to why we're in this loop. Right. And why people and individuals are so lazy. Um, and to be honest, what I, what I found, at least historically speaking, is that um, the value of these credentials um, as the type of education that you need uh, increases, like the lowest common denominator increases. So like, like it used to be high school or like grade school, then it turned into high school and university. And now in some fields, it's graduate school or uh, like uh, in computer science. I know some folks are like, you have to get a PhD before some people look at you. Um, what I found is that the quality of knowledge, when that when that common denominator changes, everything um, below that. So like if it's now a bachelor's degree, all the education before that starts to diminish. And now that it's become a bachelor's degree, the bachelor's education is not like uh, having been through university, right? Like you don't really care about the knowledge. Most people don't care about, do I need to know what is said in this specific course? It's, I just need to pass this test. So I have this piece of paper that says I got a 90 and I can get this piece of paper at the end, which now lets me do, do what I want to do in my life. Right. right. And, and we just slowly um, start chipping away at the value of what those things mean. And we get away from the fact that like the whole reason these curriculums or um, like high school and things were put in place is here's a foundational amount of knowledge that can probably apply, be applied in different ways that you should, that should help you as you move forward in your career or as in your life. But now it's just, I need to get my high school diploma or I need to get my college degree. And I don't care how that is. And you have test banks, you have like all of these other, like other ways to pass the test as opposed to actually understand how something works. Right. And I think like, that's one thing I pointed out to many peers of mine, actually, like I'm evidence that the engineering accreditation is meaningless. Like I, I learned nothing about engineering and yet I graduated without a problem. Um, mm -hmm. And like it not only invalidates, let's say the school I went to, sorry, one second. Um, so it not only invalidates the school I went to who didn't like weed me out, but every school in Canada, right? Um, I also think there's this sort of part of the issue is that, well, there's two things together, right? One is, yeah, we're taught not to value knowledge, right? It's deeper than that potentially, but we're taught to value like other people's view of us, not like our view of ourselves and whether or not we know how much we know, like, and a piece of paper that gives us some validity in other people's eyes, that's more valuable. And if I'm chasing a job, that'll get me a job. But the other thing is because we don't value knowledge and we value the degree or the label or whatever, the, the, the what is it, accreditation, um, the systems are made easier so that more people can get it right? Exactly. High school became easier. So more people can get it. Bachelor's degrees became easier. So everyone could get one. Like there is a consistent debate at the University of Waterloo. Should they make the engineering program easier? Too many people are failing out, right? It's like, 
yeah, but there's a, there should be a standard of knowledge required mm -hmm. to get a degree, right? Not everyone gets the degree, right? It becomes meaningless. And I think you're totally right. What 18 year old actually has any idea how to do anything, right? But mm -hmm. that's not how it used to be 30, 40 years ago. These people were the like majority of the young workforce, right? Um, and it's interesting because even as like the engineering profession in Canada is grappling with accreditation as a whole, the industry people say these people come out of university and have no knowledge as to how to do their actual jobs even, right? Um, I can actually push back on like one of the statements a little bit, uh, not directly, but um, one of the things like as an 18 year old, like I think we don't, and I guess this is like the earlier episode, we don't. Um, give ourselves enough credit on how smart an 18 year old could be. Um, right. And the reason why I say this is because I have a, I have a nephew of mine in private school. This kid is, uh, or at least he went to private school. This kid is super smart. Um, and he particularly, the reason why he's so smart is because not only the system as well as well, this private school system that he's in, as well as what he's been taught to do by his peers is to just learn things. And so his school system actually doesn't care about you if you're in fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade, or whatever. They just all put you together and be like, what do you want to learn? Let's facilitate your growth going that way. And now they're like, they're like looking into breast cancer research and trying to use like, they're starting to use words and stuff that I've never even heard about. And I'm just like, I'm blown away at their ability to do that. And that's because I think what knowledge is, is essentially, or at least the way knowledge is useful is it's not just about acquiring that knowledge, it's actually being able to apply it. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes we just think it's important to know it and know it long enough for a test and just move on. But as, in the most important things in life, in life, it's you're supposed to know all these things, keep them in the back of your head. And when you start to understand where they connect and where to apply it, that makes you better and more effective as a human being. And I find that like, when people do really well or the most knowledgeable, interesting people, they let their curiosity or their knowledge work in the direction that they want to get all of the knowledge, understand how all of it works together. And they become these huge subject matter experts. But the way that we're taught right now, uh, and maybe it's not just the fault of uh, the academic institutions, like we have to take personal responsibility, responsibility as well, is you leave, like, like I left a business degree uh, and then learned way more about business on my own accord as a result of doing that than going to business school. And I look back and I was like, holy shit. Like, I, I like to think I generally like out of university, I looked in different directions on stuff that I enjoyed, but I was like, oh my God, like all these little simple things that I thought was just this like offhanded definition. Once you start to understand how all of those pieces work and everything starts to work together, it's just like chess pieces, just, or chess pieces are just like uh, lines on a map that you have to draw. You know where everything is and you just have to follow it. And that's what makes knowledge good. But we don't like, we don't, um, we don't foster that in people. And we forget that that is why these academic institutions and all this learning is important, not for a piece of paper that gives you clout or allows you to go get X job. Right. Yeah. I think, I think that makes sense. I want to shift gears to talking about like how I, how I view accreditation versus knowledge and, and it's real, it's, importance in like sort of relationships. But before mm -hmm. I do, I want to just add one more sort of side point that I don't have enough knowledge to actually get into, nor am I accredited in this area. Um, mm -hmm. But at least like Ayn Rand puts forward that this is a targeted attack on the mind, 
right? Like the way, especially US schools are taught, it was like originated by John Dewey. Um, it's, it's totally meant to not integrate, right? People are taught in a way that is discrete. That is sort of, even they teach to the test, right? Like they, they specifically do that now in American schools. And there are sort of, you know, theories as to deep philosophical reasons as to why, which I don't fully understand, but it's not necessarily that this just happened, right? Mm -hmm. Like there is a way in which to optimize how children learn information, how adults learn information. And some people don't want that potentially or don't emphasize it. And so it could be that this reliance on accreditation came from the fact that, well, no one was getting enough knowledge anyways. And so we want some bar. It's too hard to judge because it's too much mm -hmm. going on and none of us know anyways. So let's make some sort of bar so it's easier. And I will add this, this could change in the future, but talking about the state of like degrees just becoming lesser and lesser. I, I joke with people, but it's like semi-serious. When I'm like running my massive company, I don't know if I'll hire anyone who got an MBA. It just seems like a bad life choice for someone to get an MBA. And the people who did get one, they tell me they got it for the network, not an Absolutely. education, not like, that's just bizarre to me. It's like, if you want to learn how to do stuff, go out and do it. Right. Um, and so I'll, I'll, do you have any response before I sort of shift gears? Yes. Um, so I love how you brought this up because um, one of the things is you'll actually see that the culture is shifting a little bit. Um, well, before I, well, let me first answer the first part, which is you talked about um, that it might not be the just happened, right? And to some degree, like there's always a percentage of people that are bad actors versus a percentage of people just reacting without the right uh, mindset or without being educated enough on the topic. But often the time, I, the argument that I hear is that it's um, similar to yours, which is, and a little bit different in that it's just hard to do on large scales, right? Like, how do I know who to pass and who not to pass if I don't have a, like a, a set characteristic on like what you need to know? And I think that's sort of fair um, at an elementary and maybe a high school standard. But once you get above that, once you get above the basics of knowing how to add, subtract, divide, you know, like be able to communicate with your, with your fellow, uh, with your fellow peers and stuff like that. I think after that, you should start going in a very non-linear, non-structured form, because that's how you build some of that knowledge. And you'll see that the best companies in the world are already doing that, right? Like Google's just like, okay, like here, we're going to give you a course. You have to do this course to just show you how to do these things, like tactically speaking, and then you're good. Like how well you do at this company will depend on how well you do. Um, but what we also miss is that as you get onto more lucrative and higher, um, higher value and higher success careers or jobs or whatever they are, like businesses and things like that, your resume and your accreditation goes out the fucking window, right? Like, like an arts, like the best place to see it is in like the, in like the, uh, the straightforward arts. I don't know what the term is, but like, they don't care if you have an art degree that tells you how to color. They look at your portfolio. It's like, what have you done? right? As opposed to what, like, what do, how, what do you know? And things like that. The same thing with like, when you get into high finance, right? So what deals have you done? How much money have you made? What is the actual result that you've, that you've done by applying your knowledge? Not, oh, like, do you own this degree? And it's crazy. One of my friends who actually applied for a high finance job, he was so thrown away that like all of the other jobs that he had gone to was like, 
how would you deal with this situation? They were like very classic behavioral questions. And they went there and said, okay, like, you know, X amount of knowledge. If this happens, what are the factors that are going to affect this outcome? And it was like very much, you need to understand and integrate all that knowledge together. And he was so thrown off by it. At first he was a little upset by it. And I was like, no, like, what did you expect? Like every person should be doing this because otherwise, why are you going in that role in the first place? You know? And the worst part is, and sorry, I know I'm going on a bit of a riff. The craziest thing that I've seen is that the companies ask for this accreditation, but for anyone who's gone to an accounting role or a finance role or certain parts of, I don't know about engineering as much, but when you get into the role, they basically teach you everything all over again, as if you're in a blank state. So it's like, what did we do this in the first place? Like just hire a smart person and put them through that. Why did you even ask for a degree? If you're going to teach it to me afterwards anyway, like hire me on my character, not on the on um on the piece of paper that i have no i think that is how things will trend right i do think we're going in that direction and yeah like it's better to just be trained on the specific job right um and i also think it's better to be tested yeah on your knowledge right not on um random accreditation or or having that as a prerequisite even like it does filter some people out sure and it depends on the specific job but i'll i'll push back on two different fronts i think that even i think there's an important way to sort of think of non-traditional accreditation so like you say in the in the traditional arts there's no such thing like they just look at a portfolio but that's not necessarily true, right? So, you know, I write poetry and people ask, have I submitted to any journals or whatever? I have to a few, but like they're like, they have some sort of standard of what they think is good. And a bunch of other people won't look at me until one of those people grant me goodness onto my poetry, right? I'm not saying I'm a, a poet laureate or whatever it is, right? But like, so there's these non-traditional ways and you just, and in particular in the arts, it's even more arbitrary sometimes, right? Did you get into this one gallery because they happen to like your paint smear and not this other guy's paint smear? And now you have a credit, you're, now you've been accredited and people will let you into all of the showings and that kind of thing. And even one thing I've encountered recently is even outside of my accredit, my formal accreditation, which is an engineering, which is now completely irrelevant to my life, the, the sort of system of thinking I learned is valuable, let's say, but, you know, I'm pursuing stuff and I got asked, well, what have I published yet? I think I have knowledge. Where's my publishing record? And so it's, again, it, the, the gap that we're missing, because you were talking about the example of, you know, high finance, or I forget the other example, um, you used, but there's this gap, like I'm at the start of what will be a skyrocketing career in many respects. And I'm confident in that. And mm -hmm. if I was quizzed for three hours about my knowledge, great. But people are like, well, yeah, but what have you accomplished yet? So it's still the same issue, right? For someone who's a 28 year old upstart, even let alone an 18 or a 20 year old. So there's still those same issues. And that sort of brings me into what I want to talk about, which is like the relation, like how people use this uh, knowledge versus accreditation in their relationships and how they relate. So obviously we've talked about sort of the employer employee, if you're looking for a job, I think that's a huge issue, right? Like mm -hmm. um, I definitely 
don't care about that. But also, you know, if I'm scanning through a hundred resumes, cause I need to hire, I need to pick 10 to interview. You need some things that help you. Right. So, okay. You need to have they, some tools in place. Like if there's spell check, if there's like all over the place, it's completely unformatted. Like they're pretty good. You don't need to step in the room to know if this person's unorganized. Right. And like, <laughs> yeah, I definitely think if they got into Waterloo engineering, that's a good hurdle, right. For them to have mastered, even though it's not like, uh, necessarily good. They're, that doesn't mean they're necessarily a good candidate type thing, but you have to understand how they think. You have to think about their, it's not just knowledge. To me, it's like method of thinking. How do they engage with the world, right? Um, but what I want to say is I, I highlighted this right at the start. I think far too many people in their individual lives put too much weight on accreditation, Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, you and I both really like psychology. Some peers know I'm extremely intelligent. They know that I have knowledge they trust about other topics that they view me as more reputable on. But then, oh, I, I'm not, I don't have a psychology degree. I can't know anything about psychology. And so they view that just on a, like a one to one basis. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And it's, it's really interesting to me because it's the complete opposite of how I've always operated. Right. So, like I was, I have a new coworker and I said to him, like, he seems so thoughtful and intelligent to me that if he gives me any piece of knowledge that integrates with my existing knowledge and doesn't contradict something, mm -hmm. I'll take it as true until it proves otherwise, right? Like I'm saying if it was some majorly important thing, maybe not, but like I trust his view of most things more than I would trust some random person who happens to be accredited in that field. But like I've had, I've on my own mental health journey, I've been like sitting across from a psychiatrist who I know knows less than me and mm -hmm. who is just failing to acknowledge my own knowledge. Or and better off is less helpful. And you might find someone who's a lot less accredited, who is way more helpful, right? Right. And, and to, uh, the last thing I'll add is just like, this was my view from the very beginning. So I used to get in tons of trouble because again, think of the nature of our culture. And it's not just because of like, you know, big government, but it's the nature of the school system as well. That I was supposed to respect teacher regardless of how smart they were or how much knowledge they actually had because they were teacher. And mm -hmm. I remember from being junior kindergarten, being like, I know more than this person, right? Like, or at least in some realms. <laughs> in the current realm, right? In yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. we were discussing, I knew in that exchange, they were wrong, I was right. But most kids can't do that. Most kids don't do that. And they're taught to just whatever the teacher says, because they're the teacher, you should respect that. So from age five, you're taught to respect accreditation, not knowledge. And as someone who didn't do that, I was consistently punished, right? Mm -hmm. I was consistently at odds with teachers right through the university because I refused to say, like, I didn't just respect their authority or whatever. I had my view of what was right and they could convince me if they were thoughtful and had the right answer, but I was like, almost none of my peers did that, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's like, we're taught to respect accreditation first. Um, that's sort of the nature of our education system. It's the nature of uh, big government in my view. Um, and so there's so few people, and it's really frustrating to me as someone who does just really value knowledge um, 
that so people are dismissive of me if I don't have a certain accreditation. And even I got, I got my official autism diagnosis. And so, oh, now I have way more knowledge than I did two weeks ago when I yeah, wasn't yeah, autistic yeah. yet, right? Like it, it, It's like, it, it's the crazy idea that like, um, you need to have like, it doesn't matter if I've read the textbook and I can regurgitate it back to you. If this teacher has not signed the stamp that says, I know this textbook, it, I don't know the textbook, right? right. Um, and like, I like how you gave the, the differentiation between on a, like an organizational level versus individual level. Because the one thing is like organizational wise, like sometimes it's just a matter of money, right? Like they want you to put your own money up to know that you're serious about this before they spend all their money, like investing in you and paying you while you're, while you're learning. Right. And so if my, you have to process like a thousand people, right. You mm -hmm, need yeah. certain tools. And so, and methods. I'm very much more understanding of that. And to your point, like individually, that's not as applicable, right? Like you can't, you're not dealing with thousands of people. And if you are like, of course, right. If you're, if you're Elon Musk and you have a thousand applications and Twitter DMing you at all times, absolutely. You have to have some filtration engine built into place, but in our regular day to day, right? Like it would, in the course of five minutes and talking to you, you can usually tell if you and that person can, can vibe or can jive together. Um, and like, what I tell people all the time is like, like don't dating. Yeah, exactly. And, and what I try to tell them is don't ever judge that like book by that cover. And the best place that has learned this lesson is the Sil it's Silicon Valley. Like people don't give a shit what you wear in Silicon Valley. Cause you know, you can look like a hobo and, um, and homeless person, sorry. Um, and be completely, completely, uh, intelligent, be a billionaire. Cause they know that like you're, what, the way that you look or the accreditation that you have does not at all reflect your ability to succeed. And it's more of that case because um, at least the general advice that I give to people is like, if you're, especially like from my community, if you come in and maybe you don't know English, you don't have, uh, you miss the credentials necessary to be involved. The first thing that you do is find if the credentials that you, or the job that you do, you have an ability to show your work right? Like if you are a carpenter and you don't have your carpentry skills or whatever that is, right? Like don't go get a carpentry degree to tell people you have a degree, go fix a bunch of, go fix a bunch of things and show all the work that you've done. Right. And I give accreditation some, um, I, I don't want to throw all, like, like you said, like we talked about the company example, but I don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak. Um, because the, um, and sorry, I just, uh, oh, the, because if you are starting out and let's just say like you're way smarter than everybody else. Right. And you need, like you need some ability to like, you need to get an MBA in order to like, it'll just be a fast track of you being able to do that. And there's very minute cases in which my, that might, that might be the case. It will be, it might be okay. But for the general public, that's not the best idea, right? Like it's either, you can either um, show your work learn that a lot more cheaply than going to a higher higher education institution and then show your work before you need to really, really step up and need to go get a medical degree or a law degree or whatever that is. I think people are lazy though. They don't want to show their work, right? Okay, so if I, get, I can afford an MBA, let's do it and then I'll get a better job, right? There are people and companies that that's the mechanism, right? Which is unfortunate. And I also agree, I don't think the nature, like the very idea of accreditation at all is invalid, right? But I think the way in which people are accredited these days makes it invalid, right? Like it's totally not about did they actually achieve a certain amount of knowledge 
so they'll get this diploma or this certificate or whatever, right? Um, because and it is you. an indicator, right? But and and as if I'm hiring a hundred employees, again, I don't have time. I don't want to facilitate a hundred tests necessarily. I mean, some I did do tests for some job interviews and stuff, and then they can actually do better quality control. Um, I forget my last point. So your turn. And for you, for you specifically, um, at least I spent a lot of time researching people that I found particularly interesting or know something more than anybody else. Um, and a lot of the time that's what society values. Um, if you know something better than everyone else, usually you're able to make money off of it. Like that's just in, in the right way that our society should work. If you do something useful, society then pays you. Uh, and so I try to find these people. And uh, I think we talked about it off air before. And I say the difference between uh, lunacy and, gen and genius is implementation. Um, I find that the most people, right, if, you look at, <laughs> if you look at, if you look at their twenties, right? Like nobody believed in them until they built up enough experience for people to be like, oh shit, I should get on this train before it leaves me. Um, and like the way, the world that I know best is like the investment world. Like the best example I can think of is like Warren Buffett, uh, where they thought it was like, look at this kid, this immature kid that uh, frankly is funny looking, doesn't know how to dress, doesn't know how to do any of this stuff. Uh, and there was only like a very, like his parents that gave him money. And soon after you started to double, triple it, they're like, okay, cool. We really fucked this up. Like, it doesn't matter how he looks like he knows what he's doing. And it took him a process and like a lot of failures along the way. So I understand like um, the struggle that they go through because for a regular person, right? Like if you want to be a business analyst, analyst, the, um, the bar to get in is not that high, right? Like you can show your ability to understand business in an interview. Like you can try getting a coffee with this person or things like that. Um, but if you're trying to ask for a hundred million dollars or you're asking for millions of dollars to invest that, that time scale that you need to do better is going to be different. Right. Right. But no good investor would pick someone merely because they have a certain accreditation. Right. Exactly. And, and that's what I meant by the, like the, when you start getting into um, more and more higher leverage, more like, and I, that's why I used high finance as an example, they don't care, right? Like they might need something as like, a, uh, like I said, that filtration system, because there's so many people when a lot of money is involved, but at the end of the day, like, it doesn't matter if you have the greatest credentials on the planet, you're fired if you don't do well, <laughs> right? Because right? it's so results oriented. It's not necessarily the case in all businesses. So why did you want to bring this up in this lens? Why is this important for you or I or, or our listeners to know? Because I think people don't understand the value of when you actually start paying attention as opposed to focusing on the accreditation. And so what I mean by that is, um, and, I, and I saw a video recently with Bill Gates and he talks about uh, Leonardo da Vinci's um, codexes or journals that you look back. Uh, he's like, he was in a very particular, was in a very peculiar situation because he was basically the scientific community at the time, right? Like he, there was no one else to talk to. There was no one else to, um, no one else to like have a conversation with, but because he was, had a huge pursuit of knowledge, was more curious than anyone else. You could actually see in his journals, him learning new things in completely different areas across biology, engineering, and things like that. And as you followed his journals, you would see him connect things that to the naked eye has nothing to do with each other. He understood all the processes in which they connect. And it's sort of what we're trying to do with the brain, the mind, our emotions is understand all the things that might be all scatterbrained and find out how they all connect with each other. Now, him 
he was really, he wasn't, he, it kind of sucked. Like the, the only scientific community you had was like a few other people and like people didn't care about science that much. And if you did, they were in such a weird domain of knowledge, it would take a long time before your domain of knowledge might connect. But we live in a, a circumstance in which all of this knowledge is easily accessible and you can find people who have very, very specific knowledge on really interesting and exciting things. And I think for you to, for us to, you know, take the next step to understand ourselves, understand our emotions, understand the way that we act, you need to have a value of knowledge, not only in the knowledge at large, but knowledge in yourself to be able to integrate all those things together. So it's not about, oh, look, I've, I've listened to all of Highly Functioning's episodes, therefore great. Um, like I'm a great person or like I, I have a better understanding of these things. It's you actually need to understand, integrate and be able to apply those in your life. So one thing I'll add as a, as a caveat that perhaps would lead to another, like a future episode, which actually we've talked about it a little bit, but I, I personally care more about method than knowledge, right? So it's not accreditation, it's not knowledge, it's method. When I talk to someone, I wanna see how they think about stuff, how they deal with new information, because that tells me their uh, potential for knowledge, right? So rather than dealing with someone on their knowledge now, obviously they should have some related to what I want them to do, but I'm much more interested in how do they think about things? Because if they think about things in the right, with the right methodology, then the amount of knowledge they can require, acquire is almost limitless, right? So the reason, and I love that you brought that up, uh, and I say that very often. That's why I love a lot of things. But um, I bring up a lot of good things. Yeah, well, good job, David. You're a great person to do this with. <laughs> but um, the reason why I find that so important is because I, as a kid, used to freaking hate learning. I used to tell people, like people who say, you need to learn, you need to study, you need to do that. And I used to be like, I don't want to go to school. I remember I had this huge crying uh, tirade or like this tantrum as a kid that I don't want to be smart. Um, now the reason was, is because I was being molded and put into this system where it, it was not about knowledge. It was about, you need to pass grade five to get to grade six, then to get to grade eight. So you can get to university. So you can get your degree. Like, you know what I mean? Like it was all about the accreditation and all the stuff I was learning. It was not, Oh, like, does this connect to the other unit we were talking about? It's you need to know this for the test that's on Friday. And if right. you don't do this, you're going to fail the test. And in my case, I would get like, you know, like my, my parents were ruthless whenever I did board school, right? With grounding and stuff like that. And so it was just like, oh, like I do not want to learn. Learning sucks. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And now, like if someone asks me what I love to do, it's just learn. Like learning has been my utmost passion. And the reason for it is because I had to switch where it was not about me trying to get a double, double major or a PhD or like have this extra letter at the end of my name, like my father wanted. <laughs> it was more about like me knowing, knowing shit. And most importantly, knowing how it works and then being able to apply it because I found that fun. I found people who also had that exact same aim, also fun. And like, I like, to be honest, like that was the only thing I found particularly enjoyable. And as you start learning more and more things and understand how things work around you, um, I don't know not too shabby. It's pretty great. <laughs> yeah. And so like, I also think like learning new things, especially complex things is like the most fun thing, right? Like I love it. It makes my brain feel good. Right. And I think that's um, just, just that, that turn towards, 
hey, I'm not actually, I don't really care about the accreditation. I actually care about the knowledge. And that like switch in my head, it was what made me want to apply these things and know how to know things and apply them as opposed to just read as many articles as possible or regurgitate as much information. Right. And it's just interesting how you and I had the same view of school, but different responses. Cause I just went there and didn't give a shit and knew they were going to pass me anyways. So I knew it was just like, so I would do the minimal work just to, I would get my ass kicked and I would negotiate minimal work. (laughs) I would have gotten my ass kicked when I got home. Right. Minimal work. (laughs) But I was just like, no. And I, like my parents knew like, I'm not studying for this test. I'm going to pass and who gives a shit? It's meaningless, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's only like recently I started studying philosophy in a more formal setting and I actually find it fascinating and it's actually enjoyable. Whereas in like all of school through an, a bachelor's degree, I remember liking one course, <laughs> one that was sort of fun to learn, but it was also sort of simple and easy and like not valuable, but it was like mm-hmm. kind of fun, but that's it. Right. But I still was like ushered through this system. And my mistake was I, you projected forward and saw the whole system as meaningless accreditation, but I didn't see university as meaningless accreditation. I knew high school and grade school were because I just had to get into university. But it was like, I thought university would lead me to not the accreditation, but I thought the, the, the entity of university would lead me to a job that would be valuable. I sort of Mm -hmm. took that for granted, which was my big mistake, which is why I like allowed the system to sort of drift me forward. Mm -hmm. And when you mentioned teachers, right? Like, or teachers or um, at least courses rather that you found particularly interesting. Um, I had one in my universe. Like when I went to university, I first came there, like I went because I wanted to learn something, right? Like, I think that's why you should go to school. And many people don't go to school because they want to learn something. Yeah, um, and the professor that really like changed my view. Yeah, you went to party. Um, but um, the professor that changed my view was his one finance professor. Uh, and he was really weird, weird, like, like not a weird character, but he was not the classic professor. And that's because he came from industry. And I'm actually going to plug his name because I think he deserves it. So his name is George Gannis. And he- Big plug, highly functioning. Uh, big plug, yeah, exactly. Um, but one of the things that he did is he had two, he, had, he did two things. One is on the first day of class, He got everybody in the room and said, this is the way that I um, run the class, which is I start every class within the news, which is we talk about what's going on in the financial markets. We talk about like what company is doing X, what company is doing Y, like what new news came up. And then at the time, this was like way back when I think iPhone 7 came out Um, and he said, and we were like, oh, iPhone 7 came out and like, you know, um, everyone's excited about it. So he was like, okay, cool. What do you think iPhone 7 is going to do? And he went and asked a bunch, I'm not going to walk you through the whole thing because I don't think you'll find it as interesting, but he's like, okay, like, do you think their sales went up by how much? Like he'd ask all of these like probing questions to the students who've never taken this finance course before and using all of those numbers, he wrote it on the board and he wrote an equation. And then he basically put all the numbers we had, put it in the equation and spat out a stock price or spat out a price of the share. And then he's like, all right, pull up your phones. So we pull up our phones. Uh, and then he, we look at the stock price right now and the stock price was like within, I think, $5, um, different from, uh, different from what was actually at the time. And so we looked at this and went, holy shit, like we don't know anything about finance. And we just asked these questions a lot, answered these questions logically, or at least this is what I'm thinking. I'm in the front of the class, like blow yeah. my mind's blown apart. Uh, and I'm like, oh my God, this makes so much sense now. 
because it's not just about, it's not just about knowing these concepts and stuff like that. It's about being able to apply them. And from that moment forward, like that equation was not just an equation anymore, right? That was a way to make sense of the world. <laughs> right? Right. And once I looked at that, I was like, oh, and he, he told me, he's like, when you're looking at finance, you're looking at any sort of role, it's just dots on the map. And once you know where all the dots lie, when one of them lights up, you know, the easiest place to get there or the easiest way in which that might've happened. And so he's like, try to get as many dots as possible and then find out where the dots are on your big map. And then when you do that, that's when you become a more smart, intelligent person. And that completely changed my view about what knowledge was or what you should be doing when you're seeking knowledge as opposed to the accreditation. Yeah, I think that makes sense. And to me, that was like a method, right? He taught you a method of how it wasn't like too much of university. And this is why I did like engineering is, is also it's a method based uh, program. It's not like I hated biology in high school because it was just memorizing a bunch of facts. And mm -hmm. it's like, this isn't integrated. I don't care about these facts. It doesn't mean anything. I, I was very good at like mathematics, physics, because there were methods that you were taught that you could apply in any situation, right? Um, and so that makes a lot of sense. And I think that is, a, that's fundamentally what knowledge should be, right? Or, or how it should be taught. So it's like methods of thinking. Um, and there's like a meta method, like logic generally, right? And so it's really interesting that, yeah, you, if you know the certain ways of thinking, then you can figure out a lot of stuff and then you can sort of explore knowledge more freely. And then, and bringing it back, the reason people like accreditation in their individual lives is because they don't want to do the work. They don't want to think logically and come to those conclusions, right? So when you present them this like, this Apple stock formula, they don't want to think the way you thought in that class. They'd rather just think, oh, well, Winston has a business degree, so this is probably right. Oh, you mean like the people that would want to hire you as opposed to the people like that actually, because like, I think there's a group of people that do get their MBAs that um, at least no, I'm talking about people in your life, even right. If you're explaining to someone, so like I'm explaining some oh, psychological like, hey. fact to someone or a, like something I've learned, they would they don't want to turn on their brain and assess it and figure out if it integrates. They don't want to do that. So they'll just decide whether or not to even open their ears based on whether or not I have some accreditation that the culture has said is the valid accreditation for that field of knowledge. Because they don't like want to do what a smart person says, this is right. They could be a smart person in a completely different domain. And just because they were smart, um, you assume that what they say is right um, without actually thinking about what it is, what you believe and stuff like that. Is that sort of what you're saying? I'm yeah. saying the opposite. Um, but yes, that's also the case, right? Where, so you're like when you take someone's, um, you first look at who is this person before you look at what it is that they're saying? Yeah. Okay, fair. So I found, um, so I thought that was uh, an important thing to, and is there, I thought that was an important distinction between the knowledge and accreditation that most people don't, um, don't, don't realize. And um, I think as you, as you start to go and understand, and at least for me, um, one of the coolest things I found recently, and I try to plug this in there where, where I can, uh, is this book by uh, Charlie Munger called Poor Charlie's Almanac. Uh, and he, in the entire book, the main portion of the book is you should try to have you should try to understand the main underlying theories or methods like you said in multiple different domains 
And he's like, understand those very, very well. And once you understand those, you'll start to look at the world in all of those domains. And while everybody's just, hey, I need to look at this as a psychology problem, an economics problem, a politics problem, you'll be able to see where all of them integrate and you'll be able to see what's going to happen much, uh, much earlier than anyone else does. He's a particularly good investor for that reason. And he also, um, I think you'll like this, where he says, show me the incentives and I'll show you the outcome. Um, which is once you understand all the models of different incentive models, you'll, uh, it's easy to see what human nature is going to react to. Right. And this connects back to our episode on thinking and principles, right? It's the same thing. Like an example Ayn Rand uses is like, okay, let's say people agree that if the state regulated big tech, that would be an issue, right? We don't want that, let's say, right? And you explain to them why and they agree. And then they go, oh, but what about oil? oh, but what about this other thing, right? And so they fail to be able to understand the root principle as to why something is bad or why something is good and apply it across like different industries or different realms. And so it's the same thing that uh, I guess Munger is putting forward, right? The idea that you wanna understand what's going on so you can make the connections and see the fundamental thing at play. Um, and then it allows you to think a lot more clearly and that's the other thing that it comes down to. If from a young age, we're taught that thing, right? We're taught to think in that way, which I think is possible, then it doesn't become difficult to assess, oh, well, Winston's telling me this thing, does it integrate? Oh, well, Dave is telling me that thing, does it integrate? Because you have these base principles to use as a reference point. But again, that's mm -hmm. not how we're taught. We're taught memorize these 10 facts for that test, those 20 facts for that test, right? Um, it's funny, you talk to these people and they're like, um, or you talk to someone who knows something they know really, really well. And within five minutes, they'll tell you whether they're interested or not, uh, because they know like whether like, um, I think, I think Warren Buffett said on, on a call, he's like in set in 60 to 90 seconds, I can tell if I want in on, in on the deal or not, because I've understood what I like and what I don't like so well that like one piece of information, oh, not going to work. But why? You've only heard one thing. Well, I know where it's going to end up because right. this one thing breaks everything apart. Um, and that, that is, that's a superpower. And <laughs> the more, the earlier you learn it and the more that you learn as you cult cultivate it, the easier and easier things become. Cool. Cool, man. Uh, anything else you want to add? Nope. Cool. Well, uh, thanks David. And, uh, appreciate you uh, walking through this with me. Cool.